Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to top athletes, coaches, influencers, and thinkers from around the world of strength sports. Presented by BarBend.com. All right, today on the Bar Bend Podcast, I'm joined by an old friend of mine and an athlete with a ton of experience at the highest levels of weightlifting nationally, internationally. Chad Vaughn, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to the chat today. You know, Chad, I was originally going to introduce you in uh, in this episode as a, a weightlifter, as a as a coach, and a broadcaster, then a weightlifter. But you recently stepped back onto the platform and are competing pretty regularly again. So I guess now you're a, a weightlifter, then a coach, then a broadcaster. Is that the right ordering? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I that's a good question because I really don't know. It does seem like uh, w- with the competitions that I've done this year that I have turned back into uh, that weightlifter, you know, my wife, Jody, uh, mentioned as I was training for masters nationals and regular nationals, she could see me going back into competition mode and, uh, <laughs> that, you know, I, I think myself in, in competition mode, you know, leading up to the competition, the weeks before I'm probably not really, um, uh, very pleasant, uh, you know, as, as pleasant as, as maybe I normally am. So I, I'm not sure. Well, you're, you're normally an incredibly approachable person. And, you know, working with you at USA Weightlifting Events, um, you get approached by a lot of people. They want their their photo with you or they they want some coaching tips. I've had I've seen people ask you for, you know, mobility tips just kind of like on the fly and you're very approachable. But I guess competition mode, Chad, um, <laughs> we're going to see a whole other level of gruff here. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> um Give us folks a little background about uh, your your history in the sport, um, because I think that a lot of people, you know, they see you, they might have seen you competing at nationals this year, or they see you uh, on social media coaching. Uh, your background in USA weightlifting goes goes back decades. Yeah, for sure. I, I first got introduced into the Olympic lifts, I think, way back in 1995. I, I was a sophomore in high school at the time and had a young coach uh, move in, a strength coach, and he was... A uh, young guy himself, just uh, well, I thought he was old back then, but he was probably, you know, probably late late twenties. And uh, uh, so, young guy, he was he was just learning the Olympic lifts himself. He saw something in them that he believed that, uh, you know, we should be doing them uh, to train for football. And and I ran track as well, and so just did them uh, occasionally and and learned them through the next couple years. And uh, my senior year after football season, that coach wanted to take me to a weightlifting competition. I lived in small town, Oklahoma. We drove down to the Dallas area for that first competition. And that was January of, of 1998. And, uh, I met the club that I still lift for to this day, spoon barbell club. And those guys really just took me under their wing at that point And, you know, told me certain things that I didn't necessarily believe, uh, at the moment that I was capable of, but, I enjoyed doing it and, and they, they really kept me going through those first couple of years and, uh, never really looked back ever since then. Now, you know, that's a, a great introduction to you, to how you discover the sport. And, you know, so many people who, uh, are in weightlifting today and over the past few decades have discovered the Olympic lifts through training for other sports in high school. Then they realized that they prefer just focusing on the Olympic lifts. 
Um, so from your early days of competing to then making it to the national stage and to the international stage, what did that progression look like and, and how long did it take? I know that uh, you've told me multiple times you were in no way an overnight phenomenon. You know, you put you put in the years before you started making it to those upper echelons of the sport. Yeah, definitely. It definitely wasn't overnight. But really, when I look back on it and, and I, I look at the numbers and the years, uh, you know, I guess it really didn't didn't take uh, that long. Um, now that I'm older, I can I can say that it felt like it was a long time. But, you know, started training specifically for the Olympic lifts right after that competition in early 1998. Um, I think I lifted at my first national championships in 2000 or 2001. Uh, and then of course made the Olympic team in, in 2004, first international team. Uh, I mean, the Olympics really was, was one of my first international competitions. I mean, I hadn't really done, uh, maybe but a handful before then starting in very late 2002. And then through 2003, I did, you know, uh, maybe three or four international competitions, but, um, you know, it, it was, at that time in 1998, I was still training at, at school, uh, graduated in 1998. So up until that summer, I was training at school, but then started training just mostly by myself uh, under my parents' carport uh, for the for the next couple of years. And just uh, coach uh, was coached long distance from uh, Richard Fleming from the Spoon Barbell Club, who was in Dallas. And like I said, I was in Oklahoma at the time, but you know, under my parents' carport, eventually moved to to a shed and in, uh, in the back there, but got put in a lot of work on my own within those two years. And and when I look back on it, that was really the the bulk of the increase in strength that I gained. Uh, you know, so uh, very very thankful for that time that I had and, and the coaching that I got from Richard. But yeah, th- that was the progression. You know, uh, for the first two years, just a lot of solo training, a lot of a lot of reps in the squat, a lot of reps in the deadlift, a lot of pressing, and of course, a lot of snatching and clean jerking as well. But uh, as you as you know, there was so much uh, volume and and just strength work uh, that that led to to where I would ultimately go. So, two thousand four, you make your first Olympic team in in Athens. Um, you also competed in Beijing in 2008 on your second Olympic team. And, um, you know, even after Beijing, you were still very much at that, that upper level, uh, in your weight class in USA weightlifting. I mean, I would argue you still are, but we'll get to, we'll get to that in a second mm-hmm. as to your kind of recent comeback. Um, but you know, when did you start making the transition from, you know, being an athlete full-time or as your main focus to kind of being, you know, a hybrid coach and athlete starting working with your, you know, working with and developing your own lifters. Yeah, that was probably very late 2009, early 2010. I, I'd been introduced to CrossFit mid 2008. I was, as I was training for the Olympic games, mm-hmm. uh, Richard, who, who I was speaking about before he was, I was traveling up to see him every couple of weeks. Uh, he lived about three hours at, at, now and at the time I lived near Austin, Texas, so about a three-hour drive from Dallas. And um, he had just started coaching weightlifting classes in a CrossFit gym. And uh, so that's where he wanted me to meet him. And the first time I walked into a CrossFit gym, I, I knew it was a moment that 
would change my life. And, and for some reason I knew it would, it would direct my life in some way. And, uh, didn't come back around until, like I said, early 2010, I started coaching weekly weightlifting classes in the, in the CrossFit community and, and traveling around and doing, uh, and doing weightlifting seminars. And so I've been doing that every, every since then. And it's just kind of really pretty quickly snowballed into the level of, of coaching and teaching that I still do. Now, I, I remember when I was first getting introduced to the CrossFit community and learning about CrossFit, there were some early videos, and you'll have to remind me which year this was, CrossFit would produce videos that were movement demonstrations, and a lot of them had, you know, kind of their in-house athletes doing thrusters and wall balls and things, but then there came a point where they started producing these beautiful slow-motion, multi-angle videos to demonstrate the more complex lifts, including the Olympic lifts. And you were, you were the model for that. And those, those videos yeah. were viewed, I'm sure millions of times. What about what year was that when you started kind of getting involved with CrossFit on that official media side? Oh, wow. I mean, I've slept since then. So this is just a complete guess. It's probably, I'm guessing maybe 2013. Mm. Uh, but yeah, definitely a good number of years ago now. And excuse me, I was very, very honored and thankful to be a part of that. That was one of the uh, I think those those videos that they shot of me snatching and clean and jerking were maybe the first ones that they were really experimenting and mm -hmm. uh, out with the, the new camera that they had. And and that camera may be out of date at this point. I'm not even sure. But at the time, they were very excited about it. And, you know, they called me up and asked me um, if I wanted to come in and, and, and do that with them. And, and my first response was, are you wanting me to come in and coach you video me coaching someone else? Because that's really mostly what I was doing at the time. I really wasn't training a whole lot. I definitely wasn't in shape and definitely wasn't in shape in the kind of shape that I would want to be in, uh, for them to want to video me. And they're like, no, you're, you're going to demo the, the snatch and clean and jerk. Uh, and so I was like, yeah, of course I'm not going to turn that down. So I came in and like I said, hadn't been lifting heavy in a while. Um, but I uh, had a lot of fun with it. That, that's also got to be as a coach, as someone who was really had made the transition from an athlete full time to, to really being heavily in the coaching aspect of the sport. It's got to be a bit nerve wracking because you have to think to yourself, well, my athletes are going to see this. So any anything I'm telling telling them, any technique tips I'm giving them, I, I have to reflect it in these uh, in these lifts that be, are being captured on camera. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Well, and, and going back and watching the videos now and then seeing them in slow motion then, and, you know, we, we recorded a couple of segments where I talked through those slow motions, uh, the slow motion snatch and the slow motion clean and the, the slow motion jerk. But it was really confirmation for me what I had learned of myself as a coach, because, you know, you as athletes, we don't look at ourselves. I mean, I, I did a lot of watching my own videos and everything to, to, help coach myself and help learn and, and to do the best I could. But I didn't really completely understand what I was doing and why until I became a coach and tra started trying to explain it to other people in more detail and, and to teach them and having to come up with different drills and, and different cues and, and just different methods of getting those points across. Did I really go back and examine my own movement in that kind of detail as well? And, you know, learning a few, a few things here and there that, I would maybe like to see done a little bit better with this athlete that I'm watching that is myself, you know, <laughs> and then, and then, and then, you know, watching those slow motion videos and, and talking them through them was really a confirmation of, of those things that, that I saw and I had been working on. 
Now, Chad, when we met and first started working together uh, on co- on color commentary for USA Weightlifting Events, it was around um, early 2017. I think it was Junior Nationals 2017 in Kansas City it was the first time we worked together in an, in an official capacity. And since then, you know, you were not, I think, competing very regularly then. I think you were had were doing some Masters competitions, but since then, you've made a bit of a comeback. And uh, earlier this year, we got to see you lift at USA Weightlifting Nationals, not just Masters Nationals, but Senior Nationals, and and really uh, came very close to reclaiming your national title. When did you kind of make the decision to ramp back up to uh, to competition shape? Yeah, I competed uh, at Masters for the first time in 2015 uh, at Masters Nationals, and then again in 2016 at Masters Nationals, and those were the the premier competitions that. I, I went to in those years and then that just kind of honestly not really any intentions of not competing or competing for the next couple of years. But as it worked out, uh, I just didn't, I was just, you know, just like you said, busy coaching mm-hmm. and traveling and everything else. And, you know, a big part of the motivation to, to come back and do it again this year is it's, it's my last year as a 35 to 39 uh, age category next year, I'll be going into the into the much older 40 year old, uh, category. And that in combination with the new weight classes, um, it was, it just, there were too many things that I felt like, um, and maybe this was me justifying and talking myself into it, but it, too many things that aligned to where I felt like it, it was meant to be. I'm, mm. I'm supposed to do this. There's this opportunity here. And of course I'm a competitor and it got my competitive juices flowing and I started, making goals and, uh, and, and having these competition dreams again. And so through the, the early part of the year, you know, seeing, you know, where I was before the 77 kilo weight class. And then now there's this 73 kilo weight class and this 81 kilo weight class. And, you know, initially I'm thinking of, uh, 81 there's, that's just silly for me to even consider cutting down. I'm not a high level competitor anymore. I don't need to really do that worry about doing that to my body and, and everything else. But again, because I like to experiment and I'm a very curious individual, I'm like, well, what if I did uh, cut down to the 73 and a number of years back, I was just kind of messing around and thinking, well, what if I cut down to the 69 class just for an experiment? You know, um, of course I was never brave enough to do that, but 73 is, is it possible? And so I, we, we uh, do a little, competition at, at our gym. And, and it was, uh, honestly put together mostly so I could qualify and, and experiment with the 73 class, but we, we made a good day out of it. Our athletes got involved and and everything, everyone had fun, but I was able to get down to the 73 weight class. Uh, I'm not going to say easily, but way more easily and way more comfortably than I thought I would. And so I thought, all right, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to go to masters and see if I can get the, you know, set the American records. Um, you know, things went well enough there and, and I got in good enough shape there where I started looking at numbers for the regular, regular national competition. And so regular nationals was in the back of my mind, but I really did not intend to do it until the last couple of days before registration deadline, um, came and, you know, I didn't even look at who was registered or anything else until that last day before and looking at those numbers and, and being, um, 
like I said, the, the shape that I was in just coming off of masters, uh, I just felt like everything aligned and I felt like this is right here in front of me. If, if I don't try to do this, I'm going to regret it. Well, um, it, it worked out well. I mean, you put on a five for six performance and you were, I mean, you were literally a, a very close missed jerk away from what would that have been your, your 10th senior national title? Yeah, and uh, that that number ten, such a good even round number, you know. That, that, and, and and I, you know, of course, hanging out with Cheryl Hayworth all the time, she likes to make fun of me for only having nine national championships, and she has eleven. Well, so, her, hers you know, were hers were consecutive, which she also they, likes to remind you about. Yeah, she yeah. She, every time she says it, she will not not say that it's consecutive, but. So definitely that number 10 was a huge motivating factor. And it just, it made sense in my mind that, you know, I'm not sure if this is going to happen, but it makes sense that it will happen because, you know, it, it makes uh, to me in, in my mind, again, I'm just telling myself the story that it makes uh, such a good story to come back after all these years and, and to win number 10. And ultimately, of course, it wasn't in the cards, but uh, man, I had a lot of fun training for the event. Um, I had a lot of fun being in such a, a tight competition scenario, uh, you know, with, with a handful of those guys, there's a handful of us guys that were lifting around about the same weights. And um, to have that opportunity on my last clean and jerk, well, my second clean and jerk, um, I bumped back up into the lead and then was bumped back down. And then my last clean and jerk, to have that right there in front of me and to be able to go out there and, and give it a shot to move back into the lead was, was, was all I could hope for. So now uh, it might be too early to, to speculate, but next year, 2020, the year you turn 40 and <laughs> weightlifting age is all about the year you're born. doesn't matter where you're, when you're born during the year. So you'll be 40 and eight in weightlifting years. Uh, do you think you might give it another run on the, uh, on the senior national stage? Well, up until a couple months ago, I would have said no way, but you know, being, how things uh, played out this year and, and just the, um, you know, the, the year that it is. And I don't know, it, it's hard to say because I don't, I don't really completely feel good about competing depending on who shows up. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I just, and, and I did this year, you know, a little bit of me, my decision to compete was because uh, obviously CJ wasn't there. Uh, if CJ's there, then, then, then there, you know, I have far less of a chance to win number 10. So that's a little bit hard for me to wrap my mind around it, And I can't completely justify it. But at the same time, if there's an opportunity there, I mean, we, we do, we compete to win. That shouldn't be the only reason we compete, but you know, a big reason why we compete is to win. So if there's that opportunity there, then, then it would be hard to turn it down again. Now, if you compete against, I would absolutely love to see a Chad Vaughn versus CJ Cummings weightlifting battle. But I, I do think there's got to be some sort of like uh, grace points there, or or yeah. or maybe a handicap there. I think for every <laughs> for every year of the age difference, you get to add one kilo onto your total. I think that's only yeah, fair. I, yeah, I don't I don't know. Even if we use the uh, the 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 Sinclair and what's it the Metzler formula. For age, I'm still not sure I can get anywhere near uh, <laughs> beating CJ. But yeah, he's he's incredible. Um, 
Well, Chad, one thing you you mentioned, and we were actually talking about this at Nationals right after you competed. I mean, you basically came off the stage and we got the opportunity to catch up and you talked about cutting down to 73 and how it felt easier than you thought it might. Again, cutting weight, it's never fun. I don't think anyone actually really enjoys that in the sport or very few people do. Um, But you mentioned as you've gotten older, you think it's a little bit easier to cut weight. Do you think that's physiological or more psychological, just being more in tune with your body and kind of knowing how you respond, uh, you know, to your training and with your nutritional input? Yeah, it's really hard to say that it's physiological. I I don't know that I have enough uh, knowledge or, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I guess knowledge to, to say that I can guarantee that I can confirm it's physiological, but I'm confident that there's a psychological component to it. And I think there's also a big skill component to it as well, you know, and then obviously, um, uh, you know, being dedicated to, to that goal and, and, uh, what you're trying to achieve there and disciplined, you know, and what you're eating and, and what you're doing leading up to, the competition is, is a big part of it too. And, and that's all wrapped inside of that skill component of it. But I, more than physiologically, I, my mind goes to its psychological and skill mm. and, and mostly skill. I think that makes a lot of sense. What other, or how else has your training evolved as you've gotten older? Um, both, you know, in the natural aging process of the body, but also, um, in what you've learned as a coach and with, you know, decades of experience under your belt as an athlete, how does your training now look for a meet compared to how it looked, you know, when you were lifting, you know, 15 years ago? Sure. Well, you know, I, I learned how to program from Richard Fleming, who I mentioned Mm -hmm. uh, earlier, and I always felt like he was very good at it. And, after I learned from him at, at a very young age, I'm mostly uh, programmed for myself all these years, um, you know, with some assistance here and there from, from him and a few other folks. Uh, and for some reason, I mean, I did make a lot of mistakes, yes, and, and I did at times overtrain myself in, in, and for a couple bi- major competitions, I kind of freaked out and changed a lot of things, whereas I shouldn't have. I should have just kept doing more of what I was doing. Um, but for the most part, for some reason, I, I always did a pretty good job at it. I, did, I didn't stay away from things that I needed to work on. Um, I, you know, I always, I was always on that. I was always getting for the most part, the exercises and, and the volume that I needed. Um, but I think what has changed for the better is even more of an ability to, uh, back off for a competition. So to really, uh, get them, get the most out of my body that, that I'm physically capable of in. And I think a lot of that has to do with us as athletes. We have a hard time uh, and programmers too. We have a hard time being okay with doing less snatching and clean and jerking when the competition gets close. Now, of course we have to do a certain amount of it, but, um, I have more confidence, uh, in, more understanding that if I only clean, if, if say for example, if, and this doesn't happen, but let's say I don't snatch for three weeks before the competition and maybe, you know, I'm doing other things, I'm squatting or whatever else. But if I really, if I don't do a full regular snatch 
heavy snatch for three weeks, I'll be fine. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to forget how to snatch and clean and jerk. I guess that's what I'm getting at. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, for I'm not going to forget how to snatch and clean and jerk in the, in the time that I'm taking to really back off and truly, uh, get recovered. So, um, and then, you know, a, a bulk of my training before, like you said, 15 years ago, obviously I was pushing squats and, and presses and deadlifts and, you know, all that strength work as much as I possibly could. But, you know, the majority of my training was snatch and clean and jerk heavy, snatch heavy, snatches and clean and jerk. And now the majority of my training by and far is squats, deadlift and presses. Uh, so it's all about really pushing that strength as much as I can, um, maintaining that or, or getting it to as high of a level as I can. And then secondary is snatching and clean and jerking because, uh, again, just having that confidence that I know how to do it and it's not going to go away. Uh, you know, we've talked a, a bit about your athletic career and a bit about your coaching career, still very much in the thick of both those things. But I did want to transition and talk for a second about your career as a broadcaster. Um, you and Cheryl Hayworth have launched I believe it was about a year ago. It might be a little bit more. You launched the USA Weightlifting Podcast. It's been very cool to see that media property grow, to see the awesome guests you've had on, to see you build your audience there. You know, what do you think is next for the USAW Podcast? And, um, you know, what have you learned, you know, if if anything, um, from being more involved on that side of the sport? Yeah, it it was just a little over a year ago when we released our first recording. And the only reason I know this is because I was looking at it um, knowing that we were around about the, the year marker there, I think it was June 22nd of last year when we released the first recording. So yeah, we've just been going very steady, uh, every since then, I think, uh, what you can expect there is, is mostly more of the same, just, you know, Cheryl and I getting on there covering specific topics or, you know, specific pieces of, of technique and stuff like that. And then also, what we've been lacking a little bit of here the last 10 to 15 recordings is getting more of uh, our athletes and our coach, our current coaches on as guests and, you know, interviewing some of them and, you know, telling more about themselves and, and us as a community getting to know them, but also, you know, some of the coaches, for example, getting on and helping us cover uh, some, some of those specific topics that we're, that we're talking about. So it's less, less about us interviewing them and more about them just being on as a, uh, as a contributor. And, and so that's, that's what we're going to be doing. We've definitely learned a lot. You know, uh, we, we have the, the community gives us mostly good feedback and that, Hey, keep doing what you're doing. We, we, we love what you guys are doing. And, um, uh, we're, we're a big fan of Cheryl Hayworth. I get that a lot, you know, which <laughs> is kind of a, <laughs> kind of, kind of a, a punch to the gut, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, but yeah, but we've also got, some really good constructive criticism and you know anytime that someone says something like that i really very much take it to heart and as long as it's not completely ridiculous or silly which i can't think of any of it that was um then i work on it and i really try to apply it and so more of the same uh, like i said but definitely uh you know, just like Cheryl and I work to do in weightlifting, we're always trying to improve and be the best that we can be. So mm-hmm. my hope is that you get better quality from us, your host, and more of, of what you want to hear. 
Is there a particular recording or guest that really stands out to you as a real highlight? I mean, you've had a ton of great guests. I'm not asking like who your favorite, who your favorite person was or anything like that. But, uh, you know, any, any particular recording you thought was really insightful or if there's maybe one episode uh, for someone who's just getting into the USA Weightlifting podcast that you think really, really encapsulates uh, the quality of what you all have been doing, you know, what would that be? Oh yeah, that's really, really tough. I mean, you know, just looking at the, uh, I'm trying to put out a, a recording today, release one today, and and this will be our 42nd recording. So it's really tough to go back and, and kind of think through those pretty quickly. The one that, that I'm going to go to just because we, we talk about this one very regularly and it stands out to me because it's unfortunate that when I look at our numbers, it is one of the least listened to recordings. And it's one, if you're a, if you're a fan of weightlifting and surely most people that listen to the, the podcast are fans of weightlifting to some extent. And, and I think one of the reasons why they don't click on it and listen to it or, or less people have is because we titled it a history lesson. Um, and it was with Artie Dreschler and it's one that Cheryl and I, you know, when we recorded it and we had him on, we both learned a lot, you know, more about the sport than of course we already know. And, uh, at the same time, it's a, it's a fun history lesson. You know, he digs into, uh, the history of where the snatch and clean and jerk came from and talks about some of the old school weightlifters. And, and I think all those things are important. If you're, if you're a coach in weightlifting, if you're an athlete in weightlifting, if you just like the snatch and clean and jerk, I think your training and your teaching other people is going to be better and more meaningful if you know some of those pieces of, of history. And so I think it's important for people to go listen to that specific episode if you haven't already. You know, that's, that's a, a fantastic point. And Chad, when I was I was first introduced to Artie in 2011 and I was introduced to him. He was, he was introduced to me as, as the man who wrote the encyclopedia of weightlifting. And I I laughed. I was like, Oh, that's a funny joke. He, he, I I get that he knows his stuff and they go, no, no, no. He, he really wrote a book called the, the encyclopedia of weightlifting. Yeah. And you know, beyond that Artie was in, in his weight, in his competition days, well, his, his, uh, I, I should call it his junior competition days because occasionally he'll still do, you know, master's meets. He was a world record holder. Um, he was the last, uh, I believe, male U.S. world record holder until C.J. Cummings set a, a youth uh, world record a uh, number of years ago. But um, yeah, Artie is truly, I think, one of the handful of people in the world with that literally encyclopedic knowledge of weightlifting. But it's not boring. And when he talks about topics in weightlifting, you know, it's not going to put you to sleep. It's, it's interesting, it's engaging, just like the history of weightlifting. And really, weightlifting, uh, as at, at this point, one of the more established strength sports with a long history, um, but it certainly hasn't been a static sport. Certainly a lot of changes that we've seen and a lot more to come up. So um, definitely, if you're listening to this podcast, check out the USA Weightlifting Podcast with Artie Drexler. Um, really, really uh, interesting stuff and one that I personally enjoyed. Um, Chad, as we, as we kind of... Uh, dive in, you know, or at least cross off these topics we'd, we'd chatted about before this podcast that we wanted to cover. I do want to make sure you have a second to talk about uh, where folks can keep up to date with the work you're doing, uh, the kind of organizations you're working with as far as 
coaching, weightlifting, and and seminars, and then um, you know any tips you might have, listeners who would either you know be interested in working with you uh, in, in a coaching and athlete capacity, or just uh, learning more about uh, Chad Vaughn. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, like we mentioned before, the USA Weightlifting Podcast is is a great place to to find myself and Cheryl Hayworth, of course, and we we try to get on there on a weekly basis where our average is probably, you know, three recordings a month is what we, what we release. And, and, you know, as mentioned before, it's, it's all about technical aspects of weightlifting and, and interviewing, um, you know, uh, some other, uh, key characters in, in the sport as well to try to deliver, uh, you know, information in, in that regard. Keyword course, characters. <laughs> character, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. they they're usually uh, usually all uh, very character like. There's no doubt about it. Um, but then, of course, my my big thing on social media is is Instagram. You can you can follow me there at uh, Ollie Chad. And I know some people will yell at me for saying Ollie. Uh, you know, a lot of people are like, "It's Oli Chad." I'm like, "Well, I I came up with the name, so I think I can call it Ollie Chad if I want." <laughs> but it's uh, but it's uh, O O L Y C H A D. And, uh, you know, I spent a good amount of time trying to create content and, and keep content posted on that specific channel that, you know, I put out videos with, with voiceovers and, uh, uh, some of my closest acquaintances and friends will make fun of me all the time for the amount of arrows that I draw on those videos. Um, but to, you know, there's, there, there are arrows and circles and stuff like that to really try to make, uh, the points that I'm, that I'm trying to get across, um, uh, more powerful. And, uh, and I think that, that, that has been helpful and I've gotten good responses from that. I actually learned how to do that from, uh, Dr. Aaron Horsig from squat university. And so him and I work together uh, a lot as well. So you can see some of my stuff on his channel as well. Another place that him and I are working together now that I'm on, uh, on that topic is my website, vonweightlifting.com. You know, for the past, since, uh, the beginning of this year, I've been, writing uh, regular blog posts there. And my big motivation there, of course, is to put out content on weightlifting. But basically what I've done is I've started from the very beginning. And when I am when I say the very beginning, I mean the very beginning of where I always start when I'm teaching. And that's just with people understanding the realistic demands of weightlifting, like weightlifting requires a lot of mobility. Weightlifting requires you to be strong in, in specific uh, areas and specific positions and then getting into the squat after that. And so that's, those are the places that I always start. And so since the beginning of the year, we're, we're still working on getting through the squat and, and, you know, hopefully that doesn't deter anyone, but uh, I think we're on number nine or the, the ninth or 10th blog post right now. And, you know, my hope is uh, over time to collect enough of those to where it could be uh, turned into a book at some point. Um, writing a book has been a goal of mine for a very long time. And, uh, I don't, I wouldn't say writing is easy for me. It, it's, it's challenging, challenging, but I do enjoy the challenge and I and do enjoy, uh, writing very much. And so I think that's, that's something that, um, I'll always do and, and continue to do. And hopefully you guys will, uh, will check that out as well. Always traveling too. um, to, to teach and to coach and uh, try to have about two trips a month. Uh, some of those are my own Vaughn weightlifting clinics and some of them are with Power Monkey Fitness as well. Uh, so Power Monkey Fitness is, is a company that uh, delivers 
content in basically anything that you'll see in the CrossFit community or in CrossFit workouts. So we have gymnastics, weightlifting, running, rowing, jump rope, uh, and, and so on and so on. And, uh, you know, we do power monkey fitness camp twice a year. It's a week long kind of, uh, adult fitness vacation is basically what it is. But, uh, uh, yeah, I probably missed a few things here and there, but that that's, those are the biggest things that, that I'm involved with. And, and one thing I'll say is at, uh, at Ollie Chad on Instagram, I've been saying Oli Chad, but I've, I've been, I've been corrected by the man himself. Um, I think it's one of the most useful Instagram accounts out there. I think your Instagram account is truly one of the most useful when it comes to diving into the why behind weightlifting technique, because I think it's a lot easier. And we've talked about this on USA weightlifting, uh, color commentary when we're live streaming events, I think it's a lot easier for athletes to internalize cues when they know the why, you know, a coach will say chest up, butt back, weight here, weight versus here. You know, it means a lot more to me as an athlete. And I think it means a lot more to, it's easier to internalize and really utilize those cues. If, if there's an explanation, if an athlete knows why they're doing that. And sometimes, you know, in, in, in the middle of, in the middle of training, a coach can't necessarily stop everything for 30 minutes and explain the in-depth why, which is why I think your, social media presence is so useful because athletes can really identify these cues and then you explain the logic behind them. It makes a lot more sense and it's much more likely the athlete's actually going to follow those cues because they know exactly what it's doing for their weightlifting. It's not just a coach telling them something to annoy them or make their, their training session a little harder. So definitely follow at Ollie Chad, um, to get into great tips, but also, you know, learn more about the logic behind them, which is such a strong tool. Um, well, Chad, thank you so much for joining us today on the Barben podcast. Really excited to air this episode. And, you know, as always, it's a, it's an honor to work with you. And my hope is that this, uh, episode gets people more interested in the work you're doing through the USA weightlifting podcast, through Vaughn weightlifting and through at Ollie chat on Instagram. So thanks again for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I uh, had a good time and look forward to, well, I don't know if I'll be seeing you soon. I'll be at the uh, youth this coming weekend, but uh, if I don't see you there, I'm sure I'll see you at a, at a competition very soon. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Chad.